the, the bottom, bottom line, line with, with Brad, Brad Taylor. Taylor on ESPN 1300 AM and 92.5 FM. ESPN Sports Radio 1300 and 92.5. Now for something completely different. We're gonna bring, bring, bring it all together. Because that's the bottom line. ESPN Radio, 1300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Saturday. A little cooler this morning. Make you feel like a little football in the air. Of course, there was a lot of high school football going on last night. But I didn't get my parking place this morning, so Mr. Harley-Davidson car, you're on, uh, you're on alert yet again. I'll see you tomorrow morning bright and early. 859-381-1313. That's the number to call to join in on the conversation today. You can email the show anytime, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at bottomlinelex. On today's show, we are absolutely loaded today. We've got a real treat. A few weeks ago, we did a show with our good friend Anthony Combs about baseball card collecting and the collectibles industry and we got a really positive reaction from it. But this week, a baseball card from Honus Wagner sold for over $6.5 million. And not only that, but Major League Baseball has ended their 70-year relationship with Topps and with another card company. So there's a lot of money changing hands in the collectibles industry right now. And we'll go to the main source of knowledge in this town. Our good friend Jimmy Mahan from Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow Shop will join us. There is not a kinder or more knowledgeable man in this industry than Jimmy. I can promise you that. And we're proud to have him on the show and as a sponsor here. And Jimmy will join us today to tell us about the collectibles industry, which is on fire right now. So we look forward to that. After Jimmy, Vince Stover of the Sports Stove Podcast will join us. He'll talk all things sports with us. The Reds are on fire and actually a playoff team as we speak. The Bengals come back down to earth, but... For our purposes, they use the back door to do so. Take your jokes to yourself. It's a gambling terminology. And, of course, the most profitable segment in Lexington Radio. Our Mac Daddy Stogie Picks presented by Jake Cigar Bar. All that and much, much more coming up on this week's Saturday edition of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor. As always, we thank you so much for listening. But first, Eddie Murphy. It's a college football Saturday here on the bottom line. and Get used to that for a while. Thank goodness. This is the last Saturday without college football for the rest of the year. Next week is week zero, as they call it out in the desert. That's good news for us here in Sports Talk Radio in a college market. And our friends in the desert still have Kentucky football, their win total at seven for the coming season, despite everybody on this show coming on and saying that that's a number that uh, should not be seven. It should be higher than that. So that everybody's going over. Uh, we're thinking under. But we'll talk about that in depth next week. But right now, our show uh, is talking about college football here on a Saturday. But last Sunday, when we were on, the news came out that Will Levis is now the number one quarterback for Kentucky football this season. Bo Allen, from here in Lexington, is the number two quarterback. And Joey Gatewood who lost the quarterback competition in Auburn and now lost the quarterback t- competition here in Kentucky, he's leaving town. I honestly think they were waiting till we were finished with our show last Sunday 
to uh, to announce this, so we just couldn't pile on immediately last Sunday morning. But I digress. The conspiracy theory uh, expert in myself, eh, we sometimes we go a little off the wall. But here we go again. It's time for the summer hype machine to get up to full speed now for Kentucky football as we are 14 days away from opening day in Louisiana Monroe coming to town. And that hype machine is running on all cylinders this week. In fact, let's look at some of the headlines from the fanboys across town regarding Will Levis this week to tell us how awesome he's going to be this season. Yeah, I'm sure these will be some very fair and unbiased headlines we're about to read. Will Levis prepared to win big as quarterback at Kentucky. Uh Uh-huh, really. Well, he didn't win that big at Penn State, and they were ranked number seven last year in the preseason. We'll get to that in just a minute. Will Levis accurate in his first practice as official starter? Do you think they're actually going to report if he looked lousy that day? Of course not. They're trying to keep the hopes up. Will Levis lights up Kentucky football practice. Really, he lights it up, huh? Do we have any statistical analysis on that? No, I don't think we do. Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. Didn't those fanboys tell us literally 23 days ago, and I quote, not to count out Joey Gatewood as the starting quarterback this year? Heck, I read reports a couple of weeks ago that Gatewood was looking better than Levis. Was someone stretching the truth a little? Maybe. And oh, yeah, remember that media day they had a few weeks ago? Yeah, that media day that somehow we weren't invited to on this show? I don't know how that happened. I guess we got it uh, lost. I, they claimed it was lost in the mail. I don't know if I believe that or not. But, uh, yeah, that media day, why weren't we allowed to ask questions about the Kentucky quarterback competition? Nobody was allowed to ask questions about it. You couldn't ask the quarterbacks, oh, how's it feel to compete? Oh, you can't ask. Why not? Why do you think that was? Because Will Levis was already their guy. And they wanted to keep Gatewood around as long as they could to prevent him from transferring this season. Well, they didn't wait long enough because he's already gone to Central Florida hours, basically, after the news of his benching was released. But, oh, here's one headline that piqued our interest. Advanced stats tell promising story on Will Levis. All those stats were his stats from last year in Big Ten games compared to SEC starters who played many more games and had many more attempts with a much bigger sample size. Comparing a kid who threw 55 passes in the Big Ten last season to quarterbacks in the SEC who threw over 300 passes last season isn't exactly fair and unbiased either. But Will Levis gave us a gift this week, the gift that's going to keep on giving. In case you missed it, Levis ate a brown banana with its peel still on it. Made a video of it, and the video went viral, getting millions of views and being mentioned and shown on several national shows of talk shows and news variety. Most quarterbacks are known for their on-field play, but Kentucky's quarterback is known right now for eating a banana. And it reminds us of possibly the biggest thing in the entire world for a time in the 1980s, Eddie Murphy. You remember Eddie Murphy if you're of a certain age, right? He doesn't do a whole lot today, and yeah, things changed for him after the 80s for various reasons. You can Google those yourself. We're not here to judge. And yeah, he recently did Coming to America 2. Of course, I haven't seen that yet, but we all saw the first Coming to America back in the late 80s, a classic that's still on cable TV every weekend. 
But in 1984, Eddie Murphy was on top of the world. Our friend Matthew Lawrence, who you can hear every day here uh, on the weekdays at 4 o'clock on The Drive, right here on ESPN Radio 1392.5, he worked with Eddie Murphy in the 80s. And I know he has a lot of great stories about being on stage and screen with him and swears by him. But in the early 80s, Eddie Murphy could do very little wrong. From basically saving the entire Saturday Night Live franchise to great movies that are unbelievably almost 40 years old now, like 48 Hours, Trading Places, and of course, Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop was the most grossing, the highest grossing movie of 1984. And the movie itself really wasn't anything totally special. Just Eddie Murphy playing a cop out of his element, solving a crime. But it was Eddie Murphy and that moment in time, and at that time he was the best at what he did. This guy was absolutely at the top of his game, who created and owned the biggest stage in the world. There's nobody walking in the streets right now today in Hollywood that is anything close to the success that Eddie Murphy had for a stretch in the 80s. Other than Michael Jackson and maybe Prince, he was probably the biggest star in the world in 1984. But Eddie Murphy uttered a line in Beverly Hills Cop that actually fits Kentucky football today. Because in that movie, there were two cops that were following Eddie Murphy's character in the movie with a stakeout in their cop car. But then they were thwarted when Eddie Murphy took some bananas and put them in the car's tailpipe. And Eddie got away, and the car wouldn't go anywhere because there's bananas in the tailpipe. Of course, those cops were humiliated, demoted, and replaced by another duo of cops. And when Eddie Murphy sees the new cops for the first time, he asks them if they are the second team. And the new guys say, no, they're the first team, and they're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. And, of course, the guy who said that, to this day, the guy who said it looked and sounded exactly like Tiger Woods, but that's another story. But it was an easy phrase to mock and used to insinuate that you're not going to fall for the same stupid trick that a child can see through. Kind of like saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So that line, we're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe, became an iconic thing. Heck, my friends and I would use it, you know, when you didn't want to do something stupid, you wouldn't fall for something. Hey, man, why don't you give me $5? No way, man. I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. Wait a minute. The banana in the tailpipe thing doesn't really work. That's just something done in a movie that would never work in the real world. Wrong. I actually know a kid who did it because I watched him do it myself. And then when his father tried to start the car and it started, he tried to drive away. Before he got very far, the car stalled. Because there's bananas in the tailpipe. Of course, the father went crazy, and rightly so. I won't say the name of the kid who did it, because his father still might be around, and he still might want to beat me up for just being an accomplice and seeing the whole thing firsthand. Hey, it's funny when somebody else does it, but if I tried that with my old man's cars and trucks, he would still be punishing me today from his grave. But the banana in the tailpipe works because I saw a kid do it and get in trouble for it. Okay, I get it, gambling boy. I get it, bottom line. You're using this analogy because Will Levis ate a brown banana with the skin on it, and you're trying to be funny. Well, the banana thing is ironic in this case because the real reason isn't what you think. Telling the Big Blue Nation 
not to fall for the banana in the tailpipe goes back to all the hype on Kentucky football from the past. From the 80s and 90s to Terry Wilson last year. It's just not a good idea to jump on the media bandwagon that blindly gets on this team every single year. And believe me, if you've read anything in the last week, the entire media group around here, they're all on Will Levis right now. And nothing other than banana videos and seeing him throw footballs through the goalpost while kneeling at the 50-yard line is proof that he's any good. Of course, even on the Dan Lebitard show yesterday, they commented that Will Levis in his video of eating bananas, they commented, this dude is a real beefcake. And you can tell he's so confident while eating that banana. Well, those are great takes for a radio show, but we're trying to cash tickets and we live in the real world. So let's just tell it like it is. These aren't old wives' tales, cliches, and opinions you get from watching videos. These are facts, not opinions. Facts you're not going to get anywhere else. Will Levis was a backup quarterback for Penn State last season. Penn State was ranked number seven in the preseason AP poll last year. Penn State finished with a very disappointing 4-5 and five record. Will Levis started one game last season for Penn State, a home game against Iowa. Penn State was a one-point favorite in that game, and Penn State lost that game by 20 points. And when Levis was pulled from that game, the score was 31-7. Oh, wait a minute. Look at his stats from that game. It wasn't his fault. Yeah, he was 13 of 16 passing, but for only 106 yards. That's a lot of very short passes. Uh Uh-huh. He ran 15 times for 34 yards. That's a 2.3 yards per carry, and he fumbled three times. And when Levis was pulled from that game, the backup quarterback came in and threw two touchdown passes in the second half. Will Levis never started another game at Penn State and threw eight passes in the final four regular season games of last year. Then he transferred out of Penn State knowing he had been soundly beaten out for the quarterback job by a guy who is simply a better player. What that tells me is Will Levis is a guy who lost the quarterback competition at Penn State. Nothing to hang your head in shame about but was a big disappointment in the one game he was given an opportunity to start. So if you want to listen to the local media trying to spin this guy out to be the next Tim Couch, then so be it. But we live in the real world. I hope he is great. I want Kentucky football to win, although some people around here don't think that. I do want Kentucky football to win games because that means more people will listen to this show. So although Kentucky football might be actually better off this season at quarterback than last year, That doesn't mean this team will go over that seven-win total out in the desert that they've told us all summer. So if you want to wax poetic about a guy who could throw a ball through the goalpost while kneeling at the 50-yard line and makes viral videos where he eats bananas with the peels on it, that's fine. You've fallen for it before, from Terry Wilson on back. But we live in the real world here on the bottom line. Eating bananas might be healthy, but it doesn't cover point spreads or cash tickets in the desert. So until Will Levis hits the field against an SEC opponent and proves himself, we will be the lone voice around here warning you to slow your worship of a kid who hasn't proven anything yet. Because like Eddie Murphy taught us in 1984, there's a lot of people in the Big Blue Nation that are setting themselves up to fall for the old banana in the tailpipe trick yet again. And that's the bottom line. ESPN Radio 1300 and 92.5. The bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective, well, it was a long time coming. 
And here we are nearing the end of August, and your Cincinnati Reds are now a playoff team. After defeating the Marlins last night and the the Padres losing to the Phillies, the Reds and Padres are now tied for the National League final wild card spot. If the season ended today, the Reds and Padres would have a one-game playoff to determine who would advance to another one-game wild card playoff against the Dodgers. Does that make sense? Uh, Maybe not. But anyway, the Reds are somehow in a place that we honestly didn't think a a month ago that they would have a chance to be in a playoff spot. And last night, the Reds won another one, 5-3 from the Marlins. Joey Votto, his 20th home run in his last 47 games. You can find Votto right now at about 25-1 to to win the National League MVP, which is amazing because 10 days ago, Votto was about 75-1, to 80-1. to And if the Reds make the playoffs, Votto has a legitimate shot at winning this MVP award, especially if he keeps up this insane current pace that he's on. Because as you noticed with these MVP awards, a lot of these kind of subjective awards that these media people vote on, a lot of times it's based on how good your team is and how well you finish. And that gives Votto a puncher's chance at good odds. Sonny Gray, who had been terrible since the All-Star break, allowed one hit through seven innings, but of course, everything's a sweat when it comes to the Reds' bullpen. Old-school bullpen ace Lucas Sims tried his best to turn back the clock to the first half of the season when this bullpen gave up everything. Sims allowed three runs in in the eighth inning last night, but Michael Goose Gibbons came in for the ninth, to get his fourth save and fourth chances since being traded to the Reds last month. By the way, why doesn't more people in the Reds na- nation call this guy Goose? I mean, it's a natural. Well, we can call him uh, Givens the closer, though. We'll call him Goose Givens, but he's the closer right now. Michael Lorenzen, the setup guy right now in that bullpen. Much different face than we've had throughout the season because the guys who had been closing for this team most of the season are either injured, T.J. Antone, released, Heath Hembree had seven saves in July and was released earlier this week. Or they just stink and they're untrustworthy, Amir Garrett. Even with the bullpen additions and improvements, this Reds bullpen still ranking 28th in ERA for the season out of 38 teams. If anything keeps this team out of the playoffs, chances are it will be the bullpen. Oh, but they've been better lately, right? Well, no team has blown more saves since the All-Star break than the eight that the Reds have blown. The Reds are going to have to win games with their clicking offense the rest of the way. And speaking of a clicking offense, it's amazing how much better the Reds' offense looks when Eugenio Suarez, our favorite Reds player to blame for their shortcomings this year, has been benched for the last four consecutive games. I guess someone finally listened to us. Well, we're far from the only ones begging for Suarez to be benched, but it looks like the Reds have finally moved on from Suarez for now. Speaking of awards, Jonathan India, now the huge favorite to win National League Rookie of the Year, and deservedly so. He has 10 home runs and an OPS over 1,000 since the All-Star break. Now his odds are minus 400 or worse to win the award. Now that India is on fire and his chief competition, Trevor Rogers of the Marlins, uh, won't be back until early September at the earliest. We said a couple of weeks ago on this show uh, when India was still plus money that he was a good bet to take this award. Well... It's too late now. That value is long gone. And that brings us to today in a game you can hear right here on ESPN Radio at 610. It's game three of this four-game series with the Marlins. Zach Thompson for the Marlins, 2-5, but a 2.91 ERA. Wade Miley for the Reds, 10-4, 2.84. Zach Thompson, he's been a good pitcher for the Marlins this year. 
11 career starts. Thompson's ERA plus 143, meaning he's 43% better than the average pitcher. But Thompson has gotten worse as the season has progressed. His first six starts, he had a 1.93 ERA. Last five starts, 4.01. But the Marlins are a bad team. They're 51 and 72 overall, 21 and 42 on the road. And the Marlins are 3 and 8 when Thompson starts for a return on investment of minus 45.8% out in the desert in those 11 starts. And then the Marlins, as a road underdog like they are today, 17 and 37 on the season. So no matter how you slice it, the Marlins are a bad investment today. Wade Miley goes to the Reds. Who's the leader on the Reds in war this season? Wins above replacement. It's Wade Miley. 2.84 ERA on the season. He's uh, been better as the season gone has gone on, even since that no-hitter he had back in May. Last seven starts, Miley 4-0, 2.42 ERA. And he's even better in home games. In 11 starts at home this season, 7-2, 2.30 ERA. Outstanding. The Reds are 14-8 when Miley starts this season. Return on investment, 17.9% out in the desert. If you put $1 on Wade Miley blindly every time he starts this year, you'd be up $3.94. And the Reds, 31-20 this year as a home favorite, but 22-8 in their last 30 in that spot since June the 9th. And, of course, the Reds are a home favorite today. Reds are a big minus 175 favorite in this one with a total of nine out in the desert. It's tough to bet against this team when they're home favorites like they are today, as we mentioned before. We'd take the Reds up to minus 150, but we can't lay more than that. But favorites absolutely killing it in Major League Baseball since the trade deadline, which makes the Reds, losing two out of three to the Cubs earlier this week, this week even more regrettable. But it's either the Reds or nobody today. If you're a chalk pusher and don't mind laying the big numbers, minus 175, go for it. Or you can employ the old brain-dead parlay strategy and take all the big favorites against uh, teams that have quit, like the Orioles, and just fade them every night. So if you don't mind laying the wood with the Reds today, they are the play. But at minus 175, and probably higher by first pitch, we won't be with you on this one. And that's the bottom line. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Before we go to break, we just uh, want to give a shout-out to the Bengals. Bengals lost 17-13 to last night to the Washington football team. Uh, no star players were seriously injured, so that's the ultimate goal of these preseason games. Uh, no Joe Burrow last night. Yet again, we'll see if he plays in the last preseason game. But the Bengals went on the road last week and defeated Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champions. How did they lose to Washington? Uh, who cares? It's the preseason. But we would like to thank the coach, Zach Taylor of the Bengals, kicking a basically meaningless field goal in the fourth quarter when they were down seven to cover that five-and-a-half-point spread and only losing by four. Easy money, baby. Thank you so much, uh, Coach Zach Taylor of the Bengals. But coming up after the break, Jimmy Mahan of Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow Shop will join us to talk about sports collectibles and the industry as a whole. If he had anything to do with that $6.6 million Honus Wagner card that sold earlier this week, that's next right here on ESPN Radio 1300 at 92.5. ESPN Radio, 1,300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor, sports talk from a handicapping perspective. And with us now, we've got a real treat. You've heard about all the movings and shakings in the uh, collectibles industry, and I'm looking forward to talking to our next guest. He is the owner of Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow Shop, and we've been out there a few times, and their collections are incredible. I couldn't uh, recommend a business any more than our friend Jimmy Mayhead. Jimmy, how are you doing this morning, buddy? 
But, my man, I could not be more excited to be out here. Amen, buddy. That's great to hear. Hey, there was a a card that sold this week for $6.6 million. A guy named Honus Wagner who hasn't played in over 100 years, I don't think. Why is this Honus Wagner card? I've heard about it for years. Why is this card so valuable, and how come it sold for $6.6 million when there's guys like Babe Ruth out there who don't draw nearly this much? See, it's it's a great question. It's one that we get a time. And it has to do with why our cards so expensive. One of the the key components is scarcity. So back in the day, Ty Cobb had Babe Ruth and and Honus Wagner, one of them, who would be the greatest shortstop for 50 years of baseball. Right, so they end up having uh, baseball cards out in cigarette packs, and that's how they were kind of distributed. Was in cigarette packs. The problem is, my man Honus was against tobacco, so he tells the cigarette company, "Hey, take my cards out of the cigarette pack." So only a certain amount of cards were actually got out public in this guy because he was in the inaugural uh, class of the baseball thing. So the famous guy, he's got this in these cards, and you can't find them. So that is the reason why this is, is happening. ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Now, isn't there, like, a few of these fake ones out there that, like, were... I saw one guy one time thought he had a real Honus Wagner card, and it was, like, sliced a little bit on the side, and then it wasn't really the real thing, but he still thinks it is the real thing. Oh, plenty. Plenty of fake ones out there. And and what happens is that's why the grading companies are so huge, and you'll see a lot about these cards. But it has to do with these guys um, authenticated. And and that's why it's these companies that break the car and then there will make a uh, that is just with them out of everything. So when you see uh, this guy found five hundred twice and his grandfather back, the first thing is send it to one of these companies to make sure it's real. ESPN Radio 1392.5. We're here with Jimmy Mahan of Jimmy's uh, Kentucky. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Having a bad. You're good. We're, we're having a bad connection here, Jimmy. I apologize. I was about to say I thought I could hear it. If you need me to call back, I can do that. Tell you what. Let us go to a break, and then we'll come right back, and we'll get you back on, Jimmy. And uh, thanks for listening to us, real quick. We're going to try to get a better connection with the connection with Jimmy. We'll be right back after this break here on ESPN Radio 1392.5. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor, let's see if we have Jimmy back. Jimmy Mayhan, are you back Are you back with us? Yes, sir, I'm back with you. Okay. We were talking about the Honus. Is that a little better? A little better. We're doing a little better here. Uh, let's talk about the card industry as a whole right now. The shifting landscape in terms of I've had Topps cards my whole life, and now Major League Baseball has said, you know what, Topps, you're out. We're going to go to Fanatics now. What is that all about? What does that mean to this industry? 
it, it's huge. It, it's not the first time that this has happened, but it is definitely something that is the first time in 70 years that it's happened with baseball cards. This has happened forever with basketball shifting around. If, if you look at Michael Jordan rookies, those were clear, right? That was the company that made them. Now, the upper deck came along with a lot of people who remember. And then you had, after that, you'll have Panini, which is kind of the current uh, manufacturer of basketball cards. But now that also changed. So Fanatic made a big play, the same company you're thinking of that does New Era hat, barrel, and all this. Fanatic's come in and bought all three major leagues, NFL, that NBA, and MLB. And they will be the manufacturer of cards for the foreseeable ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. We're on with uh, Jimmy Mahan talking about the car industry. Why did this boom take place? It's like the car industry felt like it was dead for a couple of decades, and all of a sudden, I, maybe it was COVID, maybe it was something else. Now everybody's back into collecting cards again. Why did that happen? Another great question. We get that a ton. But the, I would say it seemed dead. It definitely had a market crash in the late 80s and early 90s. But that was mainly because of the internet. And it goes back, hey, I'm a kid in Lexington, Kentucky, and I want a King Griffey Jr. card. I got to find somebody in Lexington, Kentucky that has a King Griffey Jr. And then the internet comes along. And that changed everything where, oh, I can't find this King Griffey Jr. card that I want so badly. And now I'm going to go to eBay, and there are millions of them. Well, that's because the card industry overproduced thing. Then they come back and say, no, let's change this and recreate that scarcity that exists for things like a Tycon, Mickey Mantle, things like that. So that starts happening, and guys that were collecting back in the day come start coming back into it and collecting on, on the same level that they were as kids. And then you have guys that had disposable income starting in the kind of mid-2000s, early 2010s, they have this disposable income. And they say, well, I want that Michael Jordan card I saw as a kid. I want that Dr. J rookie. I want that Larry Bird rookie. And they have the money to do it. So the funny thing is, is before the pandemic, a lot of people would say, oh, the pandemic did this to cars. If you go back and you type this into Google, if you go Google Forbes baseball cards or Forbes, cards S&P 500 there were some articles that were out saying hey if you invested in baseball cards from 2009 to 2019 you would have beat the S&P 500 top 100 stocks by 150% and these are articles that aren't in baseball card um magazines or things like that. this is in Forbes this is in Wall Street Journal this is pre-pandemic and this brings in this whole other class of people saying, well, I don't care about Mickey Mantle or Michael Jordan. I just care about an investment. And it brought in an entire group of people saying, you know, it could have been cards. It could have been tires. It could have been chairs. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that they have the ability to make 150% on their money. That's what they see. So they came flooding back into the market, and then that created more articles. Then you had COVID. 
and then that created more articles, and it brought back people that had it had been dormant for for a long time that always loved it. Yeah. And then you got a lot of guys like me that I, I didn't always own a card shop. I was in finance. I was in lots of other things, but I collected my whole life. And these people come out of the woodwork like myself, and it's like, well, this is this is something I've always done, but now it's kind of cool to do again. ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor and Jimmy Mahan. Uh, of, 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 we've got our phones uh, all set up and ready to go now. We appreciate it. Jimmy from Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow Shop. We sound a lot better on the radio. We thank you for your patience. Hey, uh, as far as the new rules in the NCAA, the NIL yeah. rules, the Kentucky players, now they can go out and they can fend for themselves. They can cash in all they want to. What does that mean Absolutely. locally to those players, and what does it mean locally to people like you, Jimmy? It's a great question because it's something that not only our shop, but lots of shops like us are, are wanting to navigate and do it well, but there's so much gray area. For instance, I can call whoever is representing Ty Ty Washington. I think it's a, a group called Rep. One. And I can call them and say, hey, I would love to pay Ty-Ty to come into my shop and sign a bunch of stuff for fans, which I'd love to do. But the interesting thing is there are rules like, well, Ty-Ty can't sign anything that has a U.K. logo on it unless he has a deal himself or I have a deal with U.K. on him being able to sign something with a U.K. logo on it. It's no different than... You or me going out and making UK logo T-shirts, right? Uh, right. Well, yeah, we exactly. have to have a separate licensing deal. Okay. And, and now all these players are this uh, their own entity where they can go out and sign stuff and sell stuff, but they can't just start picking up UK stuff to sign and sell without having a deal with UK, just like anybody else. Wow. So it's so. Uh, yeah, they're getting it from every end. So, they, you know, it's the Wild West right now, apparently, right? It is the Wild West. No question is the Wild West. And then you've got things where you'll talk to Kentucky. I've met with them and talked to them and said, so I want to make sure I know the rules. So, because as a shop and as, you know, we're about to open shops in Dallas and in California and other places where the last thing we can do is have somebody come into a signing and then be ruled ineligible because some of gray rule in this wild west gray area that we don't know about yet. And, and, and the, the NCAA would come in and make a guy ineligible over, uh, signing. So we have to make sure yeah. that that would be a shop killer, right? It'd be the last thing a local shop would want to do to any local team. So it, it has to be things where we are making sure that, okay, yeah, well, you can come in. But if you can't sign UK logo stuff without a license, do we have a license? Do you have a license? Can how do we secure that? Because basically, Brad, you know, nobody's going to want to come in and have him just sign a blank T-shirt, right? Or you're going to want that UK on that thing, and it's that gray area. So yes, it's a wild west on the current players, on the ones that have been here before. I mean, we do those signings all the time. We're actually. Mm -hmm looking to have Maxi and quickly in the shop in the next five weeks. We've had TJ and Jamin Davis and a bunch of guys here before, um, and they have been fantastic. We've got the girls' volleyball team after they won the title here just to do a free signing for people. That stuff's easy to do, and we will do that as long as we are in existence. 
ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. Bottom line with Brian Taylor and Jimmy Mahan from Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow Shop. Uh, let, let me circle back real quick. We had some phone issues earlier. The Honus Wagner car, sure. how many of those are out there? And that is that why it makes it so valuable? It is. It has to, everything, I would say what makes a car valuable, it would be scarcity, it would be condition, and it would be the player involved, right? Like, you could have a really scarce car that's in great condition from 1930, and if, if it's nobody that was ever any good, they're not going to be worth anything. Right. So, it... it the fact that Wagner is in the first Hall of Fame class, and then he's got this card, and to go back, I know we had the phone issues, the the reason why it's so crazy is at the peak of his popularity back then, they were putting cars in cigarette packs. And Honus Wagner comes out and says, I'm against tobacco, and take my cards out of these packs. So they think that, and opinions differ on this, but they think about 20 to 30 of these cards actually got out right. um, of this player. So you can imagine if during Jordan's rookie year, a, a company made some Jordan cards and only 30 of them got to the public, they would be wildly, wildly expensive. So then if Tom eats up half of those, because of course you got got 100 years, 110 years between when they were made and now, Tom eats up half of those, and only a couple of the ones that made it out. I mean, that that are gradable, where you have these these companies authenticate them and protect them. That one that sold for six and a half million dollars was graded at a three out of ten. Wow! Which means it's kind of beat up. Yeah. Which is crazy to think that a piece of cardboard would sell for six million dollars. It's kind of beat up. But this is the business I'm in and have been a part of my whole life just as a collector. But the, I think the funny thing is, is that's what made it scarce was he, he said, I'm against tobacco, and please take these out of this. He goes on to be a Hall of Famer, first, uh, first class ever for baseball. But then the funny thing is if you fast forward to 1948, and he's a manager, there's a baseball card of Honus Wagner, and it says John Wagner on it from 1948. Wow. And the picture of him on the card as a manager is him putting a huge chew in. <laughs> of course it is, yeah. Like, it's just funny that his yeah. mo- the most famous card, the most expensive card in the world, is because this man didn't like tobacco, and then you fast forward 40 years in his life, <laughs> and there's a picture, a baseball card of him throwing in a chaw. Yeah. It was a big it, league chew, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just big league, yeah, right, big league chew. Certainly for 1948 it was. Yeah. He's Jimmy Mahan. He is the owner of Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow. Jimmy, tell us about your shop. I've been there. It is outstanding. It's a wonderful place to go and check out your collectibles. There is no better place like it I've ever seen. Tell us about your place real quick, and tell us what you've got going on out there. Well, all we wanted to do was this to be different than a card shop. Big card shops from most of us from the kids in the 80s and the 90s where you walk in and there's kind of stuff everywhere and it's kind of this buy your stuff and leave and you go home and collect at home. Well, here it's kind of half museum and half shop where I used to work for Tubby, used to work for UK, grew up in Lexington. So you walk in and the floor of the shop is the original baseline from Rupp Arena. Just like when you walk into Rupp and you walk over the old center court. Well, the center courts are up and the baseline's here at our shop. And then we've got game-worn jerseys and shoes and just kind of really unique pieces going back you know as far as you want to go back and 
it's not just like every chair, everything in here has meaning. Every chair is a bench chair from the Final Four, an actual bench chair. It's Crosley Field chairs. It's Yankee Stadium chairs. It's, it's not just Kentucky. It's, it's all things sports where I grew up here. What would I have wanted to ride my bike to mm-hmm. as a kid? Yeah. A place where I could meet Tyrese Maxine quickly, where I can buy packs of cards and singles of cards, and I could see stuff that I could never see. Mickey Mantle rookies and Jackie Robinson rookies and Michael Jordan signed stuff and it, so it's kind of this half museum, half shop where you've got a booth and lots of places to sit and open and father sons come in here all the time. You know, women of, of sports cars come in. They've got a group that meets here. It, it, it's kind of allows you to kind of come in and breathe, not worry about upsell or nowhere to sit or just a dirty old shop. It, it, it's meant to be a hangout place. He is Jimmy Mahan. We appreciate you being patient during our phone issues earlier in this interview. We'll have you back on again very soon. We'll talk about more stuff in the card industry. Jimmy, thanks so much for joining us from Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow Shop, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate you all a ton. All right, anytime, buddy. That's Jimmy Mahan from Jimmy's Roadshow Shop, Kentucky Roadshow Shop. Make sure to check him out online, KentuckyRoadshowShop.com. He is the greatest guy in the world. You'll never meet a nicer man. And he has got a wonderful place out there on Romney Road. Make sure to go check him out. Coming up after the break, we're running a little late, but we have time for the great Vince Stover of the Sports Stove Podcast. That's coming up next right here on ESPN Radio 1300 and 92.5. ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5. We want to thank uh, Jimmy Mahan from Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow Shop. He was outstanding as always. We'll have him on again soon. Let him talk some more about uh, what he's got going on in the card industry as a whole. But with us now, he's the host of the Sports Stove Podcast. He's our friend Vince Stover. Vince, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, Brad. How about yourself? Doing well. Thanks for uh, hanging tough with us uh, during the craziness we just had. Hey, I'm looking at the baseball standings. The Reds are in a wild card spot. What's up with that? Who knew that coming on? I sure didn't. Well, I mean, you told us they had an easy schedule. And, uh, you know, they head out. Now they got, what, the Cubs, they got the Pirates, they got the Cardinals here to end out the season. So, I mean, they're making a run. I didn't expect it, that's for sure. And it's it's interesting to see, you know, how much of it is them, how much of it is the other teams like San Diego not performing as well. So, I mean, San Diego on a four-game losing streak, that's definitely helping the Reds. Yes or no? Reds make the playoffs. I still think no, but stranger things have happened. Boy, right now I think the Padres just absolute self-destruction. That's a thing right now. And don't sleep on the Cardinals. They're kind of sneaking up from around the chicken coop behind this. And uh, the Cardinals are kind of still hanging in there. And if I was the Reds, I might be worried about the Cardinals as much as I would be the Padres, mainly because the Padres are just self-destructing right now. So, yeah, Vince Stover says the Reds. We don't know. Go ahead. The Reds and the Cardinals play each other, so that's going to be a real interesting series here in September, how how that shakes out. ESPN Radio 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Okay, Vince, you and I are basically the only people in this market who say Kentucky go under that seven-win total out in the desert. Now, with all the hype and hubbub about Will Levis now being the starting quarterback, we're not going to fall for the banana the tailpipe trick. Have you jumped on the bandwagon with all this media hype this week? 
No, not on the bandwagon. I think there is potential. Uh, you know, I said this earlier. I, I wouldn't be completely surprised if they get to eight wins. It's just you look at the schedule and how it breaks down. You look at the other teams in the SEC, and just I think the the most common sense reaction would be six wins. Um, you know, if Levis, his issue there, there's been issues with his accuracy. Um, there's been some complaints that he doesn't know how to have any touch on the ball. He just he just he guns it in there but he doesn't actually have a lot of touch. And that's going to be a problem if that's still the case. So it'll be interesting to see if he has how he's developed since his time at Penn State. And, uh, I mean, he's got talent on the team. So, again, I'm not shocked if they get to eight, but if I had to guess that I had, I would go with six wins. Six more likely than eight. That's, that's kind of the way I look at this. Six wins is more likely than eight wins if you're looking yeah. out in the desert. So you're with me on that one. Okay. Yes. That's good to hear. Hey, it's ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. Bottom line with Brad Taylor and Vince Stover from the Sports Stove Podcast. We're jumping all around real quick today because we're running late. The NFL. Hey, the Bengals beat the Super Bowl champions last week, and then they lost to Washington. Why is that? <laughs> it's the preseason. Oh, okay. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. It doesn't they matter. Well, they've, sure covered, they've, they covered the, they've covered the spread twice, and I've been on them every game in the regular season. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> If you're if you're betting on preseason football, Brad, you, uh, I have someone you need to talk to. <laughs> yeah, the white vans and the white jackets are coming for me tomorrow. Yes, exactly. It's it's weekly. Our gamblers anonymous anonymous play of the week here on the bottom line. Yes, it's uh, preseason football. Hey, by the way, speaking of preseason football, we like Denver over Seattle tonight. In case you missed our Mac Daddy Stogie presented by Jake Cigar Bar, we haven't had time today because we've had some phone issues. But, yeah, look at that quarterback battle for Denver. Let's go Denver over Seattle. I just dropped that in on your time, Vince Stover. I apologize for that. Anything else catching your eye right now in terms of win totals in either college or pro football? And is there some uh, MMA fights tonight you'd like to talk about? Well, I'm going to skip the MMA today, Brad, but you talk about overs and unders in the win totals. Uh, Arizona has a lower win total than I expected, so I'm I'm definitely over on them. And uh, Seattle's higher than I expected, so I'm under on them. I think the West is a really tough, NFC West, really tough division this year. Um, you mentioned Denver tonight. Denver, they've got a higher win total than they should have also, so I'm under on them as well. I, I mean, we could go hours on win totals in the NFL. We don't have the time today. Um, there's a lot of, I think, just weird win totals out there for this year in the NFL. Let's talk uh, Bengals win totals. That's sitting at six and a half right now. Joe Burrow, we don't know what to expect from him. We haven't seen him yet. He's, is he even going to play in the last preseason game? We don't know. Can you really, if you don't see Joe Burrow in this preseason, do you really? can you really go over six and a half wins for this team? Oh, yeah. I do it all day long. Um the NFL has changed. You don't need preseason anymore. The preseason is for the guys trying to make the team um, or position battles that need to be won. Outside of that, there's no reason for for your starters to be playing in preseason. So I've got no issue with that whatsoever. He might be a little rusty, you know, to start the season. But at the end of the day, when you got guys like Joe Miggin, uh, Mixon, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, this team is talented enough as long as the offensive line can block. And they brought in Riley Reef to help with that, and they drafted someone as well. Yeah, they're, they're getting to eight wins this season. Eight wins for the Bengals. You heard it from Vince Stover of the Sports Stove Podcast. Eh, I don't know if we're on board with you, but uh, we'll talk about that as the season gets closer. Vince, we appreciate your patience today. We had some phone issues earlier in the show, as you probably heard. Tell us where we can find you and your podcast, as good as it gets. You've been doing NFL win totals the last few uh, few shows, I know. 
Yeah, at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram, you get the podcast, the Sports Stove podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. Starting September 1st, every Wednesday, we're going to drop a local hour uh, covering UK athletics and EKU athletics. And so make sure you subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss out on that. You're going to have uh, Will Levis and his uh, banana eating videos. You're going to have that on there too? You know, Kentucky's not responding to me, so... Uh, they haven't. You were, <laughs> hey, wait, you weren't invited to Media Day either? Wow, I can't believe uh, it. Why is it that... I, I, was invited, I was invited to Louisville, but not Kentucky. Wow. How'd you get that? I don't even want to know. He's Vince Stover <laughs> of the Sports Stove Podcast. He's a great guy, and he's a good friend of ours, and he's got a great show, his uh, Sports Stove Podcast. Vince, thanks for hanging tough with us this week. We appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Brad. All right, man. That's Vince Stover, Sports Stove Podcast. He's as good as it gets. Just like Jimmy Mahan of Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow Shop, he is as good as he gets, too. Make sure to check his uh, store out. Make sure to check him out online, KentuckyRoadshowShop.com. That's it for the bottom line this week. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. Make sure to email us anytime, BottomLineLex at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at BottomLineLex. And until the next time, as always, may the winners be yours.